Hi, folks. Starting today, we're releasing monthly bonus episodes as we get ready for our next season. And speaking of this next exciting season, I have no idea why that came out super ghoulish, but we're going to go with it. Anyway, speaking of this exciting season, help us build it by becoming a Patreon supporter. For as little as five bucks a month, you'll receive special bonus episodes, weekly newsletters, early discounted tickets for live events, and much more. Your donation helps us make the show that you love. So if you haven't already, sign up at patreon.com slash other men need help. That's patreon.com slash other men need help to become a supporter of hopefully your favorite podcast about masculinity. Again, no idea why it's coming out that way. Recently, I've come back to this memory from fourth or fifth grade. There was a group of us writing a story for English class, and we needed the boy in the story to be doing an activity. I blurted out something like, he's listening and dancing to Whitney Houston on his stereo. Our group was made up of two girls and a boy named David. And when I glanced at David, he gave me a curious look, and I immediately walked it back like, Whitney Houston, no. I just said that because my sister listens to that. No, what I meant was he's he's listening to the radio or watching TV or something like that. And I felt bad for a while because I loved Whitney. We should all love Whitney. Whitney Houston was dope. And moments like this are probably why I continue to make the show you're listening to now. For writer Rajat Matal... His self-conscious, Whitney Houston-like moment was also at school, around the same age. There was like a school event and like a bunch of boys and girls were coordinating a play. And I was supposed to participate in it. I felt it, but I had just no way to articulate or reason about it. It's like this idea that participating in in theater was non-masculine. I clearly recognized that moment. And while I did go through and participated in that particular one, I consciously stopped after that. So one man eventually makes a podcast and the other starts an online publication called Boyish. I'm Mark Pagan, and this is Other Men Need to Dance with Somebody. They need to feel the heat with somebody. Yeah, they want to dance with somebody. With somebody who loves them. Rajat is the creator of Boyish a monthly multimedia storytelling project that highlights Indian men who defied stereotypes. I came across it months ago, and besides finding it absolutely stunning, I was intrigued by who this Rajat was. Rajat grew up in Mankapur and then Raibareli, India. Mankapur is a small industrial town in the northern part of the country. It was a remote place to grow up, and with one main employer for the thousand or so families— It was pretty tight. Rajat said that at the time he was growing up, electricity might be cut during the evenings. 
So outdoor public events were a big thing. So I actually took up dancing through that as a medium. And my mom really supported me. You know, every month or so in the local club, there would be an event and I would go up there with a bunch of other friends and we would like do a stage dance or something. And I got really pretty good at it. And like he mentioned earlier, there was a point where his brain told him that dancing or being in plays was not a cool thing for boys. I actually think there was so much shame in accepting that I missed it that I could never even say that I missed it. Even articulating that I miss it meant that something was off. Rajat thought that there was just a few career paths, and dancing was definitely not one of them. What was told to people like me is careers are important and your best bet are engineering and medicine. My father himself is an engineer. So I modeled a lot of my aspirations on that advice, as well as on what I saw my father as a person. This is how Rajat ended up in the U.S. He started at University of Arizona for engineering with a program that balanced the humanities as well as the sciences. When he arrived, Rajat received an introduction to the similarities and differences in masculine behavior for men in India versus North America. First, holding hands with male friends or putting your hand on their shoulder or giving them a pat on the back was very natural to me. That is actually something extremely common in most of India and is not construed as a signal of your sexuality at all. It is just friends being friends. I certainly learned (laughs) that that is not entertained to the same level or degree in the U.S. From physical touch to what color shirts he wore, Rajat was given a bunch of rules from friends. He was even advised not to drive a Volkswagen Rabbit. Because, duh, it has a rabbit as its mascot, dude. And that struck as really funny to me because I was like, you know what? Where I am from, just having a car, you know, no matter what brand, is a sign of prosperity, you know, like... Forget your gender, your sexuality. And uh, if you can afford it and if you have a car, like, that's great. Nobody thinks of adding this layer or lens of gender on top. Uh, So I found that really funny. As well as at the same time, I grew very conscious of my choices all of a sudden. After college, he went to Silicon Valley for a few years. But in Rajat's words, he wasn't really fitting in. He couldn't really align himself with the change he was becoming a part of, where work included things like making it easier for people to make credit card payments online. And there were other parts of the tech industry that felt weird to him. It is always about men going and taking these savior roles, right? I'm going to save the world the superhero trope, right? That has been amplified. I realized like that has been the demand of masculinity. Also, he was really homesick. So I decided to take a break and sort of pack my bags and left for India for good. Rajat connected with some old colleagues from his university days who were also living in India. And all three were trying to find a bridge between their engineering and sociology brains. 
they came up to me and told me that hey we want to make a book on on menstruation and i for one <laughs> thought first of all like wow it's a wild idea <laughs> and two it's an extremely wild idea for a person like me and he left the states and the tech industry to make an educational children's book about menstruation you know as one does so this is 2012 i'm back in india i'm trying to catch up with friends you know from all walks of life and when i would meet them and i would tell them that hey this is what i'm trying to do i was really laughed at there was just a lot of talk about oh he's trying to help women <laughs> it was so awkward for them to even use the word menstruation <laughs> you know that uh, they would call it like those awkward 3 4 days there was no one else and not even my family who would tell me that hey it is okay to work on a topic like this and this work matters the project we're referencing is menstrupedia a book which would become this bigger educational platform with the mission to break taboos around periods and to teach young girls in India about menstruation in a healthy manner. Menstrupedia led to another children's book, She Can You Can, stories of iconic Indian women who broke the glass ceiling in various professional fields. Ultimately, these projects and questions led Rajat to start asking himself what it meant to be a man. I have lived through the male experience so while I was talking or like working on these topics is like what is sort of the male equivalent of a similar issue i had that question at the back of my mind always i just never thought that question was important there was a part of me that really like at at some point believed that male upbringing has is entirely about privilege and hence let's not worry about them and it took me a while to really unlearn that as well and really come to see through through my own life we are we're sort of victims of 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 the same problem in a way just as there are ways in which we limit perhaps women there are also ways in which we limit men these were the ingredients that led to boyish which launched in early 2021 a monthly newsletter aimed at changing the narrative around masculinities each issue of boyish usually starts with some personal reflection from rajat like here's a moment that stuck with me and maybe where i embraced a very limited definition of what it means to be a boy or a man This is usually followed by an introduction of a male-identified Indian public figure who broke cultural taboos by becoming, let's say, a Zumba instructor. And at the end, a reading list related to the topic at hand. Wow, well, I'm giving that a chef's kiss. All of this is packaged with hypnotic and gentle illustrations and animation from Rajat's visual collaborator Ajin Mohan. The experience is often personal. tender and enlightening what i would like you to cultivate is this sense of hobbies professions that you as a man can have which you in my opinion largely denied yourself 
I want to open up this world where I will showcase you examples of real men who have gone ahead and built good, happy, perhaps even successful lives in professions that you have decided could never be for you. Rajat mentions baking or nursing as occupations he didn't find a lot of men doing when he was growing up in India. So over the course of 12 months, Rajat is hoping to expand the definitions of what men are allowed to do for a living with the hope of reaching younger Indian boys and men. Some of those names and professions that show up in the first few issues of Boyish include illustrator Pran Kumar Sharma, makeup artist Elton Fernandez, and ballet dancer Manish Chauhan. So for instance, this topic of dance that we talked about and how I, as a young boy, enjoyed it but then gave up on it. I think sort of the dark side of it is that in my late 20s, I actually became the person who would actually actively stop my other friends from taking up dancing because of the same rigidity in my head that this is not how I think of being masculine. So how dare you (laughs) challenge my (laughs) implicit understanding of masculinity? This is the reason why the first issue, Boyish, is about dance. How did I let myself believe into the idea that something as simple as dancing is is not masculine? (laughs) I do hope that through boyish, other people also have these moments of like, ah, what the shit? What was I thinking? Like everything of that sort could have been avoided had I picked up a more fluid understanding of what it means to be myself. It really was a time for me to unlearn more than I was actually then learned. Unlearning. Such a simple but powerful mission. And one that seems to have more weight for Rajat now that he's a dad. And a dad to a young boy. What was your reaction to either finding out you were having a son or when you found out you had a son? So he was a cesarean birth. So I basically got to see him first before my wife could, right? (laughs) And immediately I like burst into tears. And I mean like a lot of them, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) to the point that even all the nurses around me got like emotional as well. And then there was a point where they were almost like laughing that why is this guy crying so much? (laughs) I get my leg pulled about that. My wife would jokingly pull my leg on that. I find that interesting how everyone expects fathers to behave. Literally, this is not even day zero. This is moment zero, right? Like, he's just born and you, you're you already like tagging me with, it's fine to cry, but don't like do it over a minute, okay? I'm very conscious of the idea of masculinity that he learns from me, right? I at least would like to give him like as much as I can a fair shot to pick it up from all sorts of places, right? And build his own version or definition of it. It's a a learning process uh, for me, mostly. (laughs) 
a learning process for many of us. As I admitted to Rajat, I was also affected by the absurd rules about driving Volkswagens. I remember I was in college and I went out camping with some friends and one of my classmates had a Volkswagen, I don't even think it was, it was a Jetta or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I remember we went out, we were in rural Pennsylvania and one of the guys had a bunch of his friends there from, from out in rural Pennsylvania. They came in to meet us at the campsite and they were like, who's, who's got that European car out there? <laughs> <laughs> like, and we were all, all like, that guy over there, you know, just like, not, not me. Even though we all like, I loved his car and yeah. I, I totally sold him out to, to try to fit in. Now I, I hopefully I would have the confidence to go, yeah, I'm the one driving it or he's driving it and it's a good car. <laughs> Who the hell cares? I think Rajat and myself are over all of this now, and hopefully in the future, boys like his son can dance, drive, or lip-sync Whitney Houston songs with complete abandon. This episode was written, hosted, and produced by me, Mark Bagan. Caitlin May Burke is our lead producer. Ben Goldberg and Rebecca Seidel are producers. And Sierra Franco is our associate producer. Rebecca is our lead engineer. Story editing on this episode done by the whole team. Original music comes from Fulton Street Music Group, composed by Ed Duran and produced by Alex Fulton. Additional instrumentation comes from Ryan Chamberlain and Liam Moore. Our illustration for this episode was done by the talented hand of Carmela Caldar. Special thanks to Alyssa and Tom Wilkinson, and of course, Rajat Matal. If you want to find more of Rajat's work, you can go to lifeinafolder.com, and to subscribe to Boyish, go to boyish.in. That's boyish.in. If you want to have more access to other men need help and support the show, become a patron by signing up at patreon.com slash other men need help. For as little as five bucks a month, you'll get a bonus episode this season, as well as weekly messages from me and a lot of other fun stuff. I can't tell you how much this monthly boost helps us make the show that we want to make and that you want to hear. Sign up at patreon.com slash other men need help. Until next time. Adios. Ciao, ciao. Bye. You are my favorite singer. Well, thank you. Thank Do you, you think, I mean, we feel kind of silly about doing this because I'm no singer, but I mean, we got to, synthesizer in front of me here and everything. Do you think of any chance of us maybe doing a little number together like they would have done on the old Perry Como special or something? I'd love to. Let's do a little stylistics thing. Just just, just a little snatch of it. It'd be a big thrill for me. You are everything And everything is you 
You are everything And everything is you Oh, you are everything And everything is you How about it for oh, Whitney yeah. Houston, everybody? Isn't she oh, too much? Thrill of my life. Thanks, Whitney. Thank you.